welcome to Men's Wear by a Woman podcast. And I'm Samella. And um, for this season, season four, it's a total different ball game and story, actually. Um, I'm not going to be talking to any designers, but I've got a very well, uh, he's been on Instagram. He dresses amazingly well. I'm doing a collaboration with him. His name's Nigel Cleaver. And you all might know him. Well, you must know him through Instagram. He's one of the best dressed guys out there at the moment. And um, I'm going to get him on board. This whole season's going to be based on about men's style, men's um, history. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of things about men's styles and men's research. So I'm going to get him on board and have a chat about kings of the kings style nigel are you there samilla how are you i'm very well thank you how are you doing i'm doing i'm doing fine thank you i'm coming out of all sorts of stuff in these troubled times but i'm doing fine right now and your kind words are much appreciated um yeah but yeah thank you very much indeed well you i mean I've got to get you to introduce yourself because I know for a fact that you write for Crockett and Jones and many others. Um, you're in the menswear scene. Um, you dress amazingly well. Some of the suits that you wear, tailored suits, are brilliant. Um, very, very stylish. So, <laughs> Once again, you're too kind, my friend. You're too kind. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, 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 the day job is one thing. Um, so outside of that, uh, I, I am an interpreter by profession, but outside of that, um, I suppose it could be said that I like nice things. Um, I, I follow in a, a great tradition within the Cleaver family, if you like, in terms of my grandfather, Fred, and my recently departed father, Arthur, in terms of attention to detail, uh, things mm -hmm. like that, really, similar. So I, I, I was brought up on it um, in, in, in terms of trying to have standards and, and, and trying to, to do the, do things the right way, if you like. And, and more, most importantly, not, not necessarily for other people, but for me uh, and, and those that I love and respect. So I think ultimately that, 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 that rubs off. And uh, yeah, I've, I've had, a, I've had a, a very good time and there's lots of good times in front of us. And one of which was uh, obviously meeting yourself. And oh, thank you. I very much appreciate the invitation to, to speak to you and uh, to work together. I'm quite excited about this episode, actually. Um, it's um, we, We're calling it Kings of the Kings style. And, um, you know, it's about the kings, um, the two kings, um, which is Duke of um, Windsor, which is um, Prince Edward and the Maharaja Bupinder Singh. Yeah. And we, we've both been talking about this, how we've been going on about both of them, how they are the men of style in those days. And... Um, I'm going to start with um, Bupinda, Maharaja Bupinda Singh. Uh -huh. For I, as I as I know that he used to get his suits made at Henry Paul, and we're talking about you know during the British Raj times. Um, I mean, this is the Maharaja who used to have 44 Rolls Royce, meets <laughs> in Ritz. He owned his own plane in 1928 when he arrived in Paris with his 7,571 diamonds and 1,432 emeralds. He actually had, what was it, 42 serv um, yeah, servants, all wearing pink, was it pink or orange turbans? 
I had 20 dancers with him. I mean, this man was just full of, I, I, I don't know, what can I say? I mean, he, I, I don't think Edward, Prince Edward had all, all of that kind of entourage, did he? I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I, you'd have to say that that, uh, that roll call, that, that could be quite flamboyant, couldn't it? That, that, that's flamboyant to its nth degree, that one. Mm. I know, and the, and the more you hear about him, you just think, my God, you know, it's just like he's. I mean, at the moment, Cartier are the ones who made his um, one of his jewels, um, but also I can't pronounce the name, but it's a French, um, very well-known French jewelry company called Boucheron, mm -hmm. and they commission. Um, I think he commissioned 149 designs to be done of his necklace. Wow, and. When you think about that, you just think, wow, yeah. It, I mean, you're thinking, you know, 7,571 diamonds he carried with him, 1,432 emeralds, and said, right, start making uh, my necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Then he commissioned them, 149 designs, please. Yeah, whatever. You yeah, know, yeah. start coming out with them. Yeah, you wouldn't, want to, you wouldn't want to put that lot in the hold, would you? <laughs> no, you wouldn't, would you? But one thing that I actually admired was his suits, um, which Henry Paul used to make them. Mm. And some of the tailored suits that he came up with was, you know, well cut. I mean, I'm looking at the images. I did get in touch with Henry Paul, and I did wait over a month for them to get back to me, but I don't think they could because they, they were so busy. There's something else going on. But with Henry Paul's suits, when I found out Henry Paul made their suit, made his suits, I couldn't find a reference when I was in university, anything about him. Mm -hmm. But now, the more I read about it, the more I'm fascinated about it. But I was also fascinated with Edward as well, Prince Edward, because he was a trendsetter. Yes, yeah, yeah, that 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 could be said. Um, I, 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 I'm interested in, in if you could explain to us all just just what you're seeing in terms of the, the overall the overall look in that that Henry Paul cut as well. Um, I mean, the Henry Paul cut. Well, well uh, the one of them that I've seen right um, is a two-button suit, mm -hmm. but collar and revere. You could say it looked more like a double-breasted, but it wasn't double-breasted. So the, the actual collars are more, I don't know, they're wider. Yeah. And, you know, it's, when you look at the suit, you would think, oh, okay, it's a double-breasted. It should be a double-breasted. But for some reason, it, it wasn't. Um, the Maharaja, you know, he, he also wore, uh, it was a three-piece suit. Um, I don't know where his shirts were made because I couldn't find out. Mm -hmm. But... He apparently made a lot of suits with Henry Paul, a um, lot of um, plain colours and pinstripes. But I don't see any tweed or yeah. check. Yeah. So I, I don't know, like how Edward used to wear checks and tweeds and all that stuff, sure. all those fabrics. But I, I can't see the Maharaja wearing, I have not come across any images of Maharaja wearing um, checks or tweeds. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering on that point as to the, perhaps let's say the juxtaposition between uh, his national dress, uh, the, yeah, yeah uh, and how that would contrast, uh, as you said, in terms well, of wearing quite plain, plain, you know, very well-made culture suits. Because his um, the Indian suits that he used to wear, right? Um, I was 
from reading it was quite flamboyant. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there were silks. Um, they were beautifully made, but also the jewels that he used to wear on top of them. Sure. We're talking about diamonds, emeralds, necklaces. Um, there's an m- amazing picture of him that I showed you, um, which is, it's in black and white, of course, um, mm-hmm. but it, it's a beautiful um, silhouette that he was wearing, a Punjabi dress, um, and he, he just looked like the king. He just literally looks like the king. So when you had Edward wearing the jewel, um, the crown and everything, yeah, it, it's similar to what the Maharaja wears as well, in a sense, because it's still the diamonds, yeah. still the jewels. Um, you know, the gown, the Maharaja used to wear these amazing gowns and amazing um, um, Indian suits as well, which were very, very expensive silks, I think. And also probably some of them probably were sewn with gold threads as well. Yes. I, I, I think there's, there's a couple of para- parallels that you draw there in, t- in terms of um, that the way that they both would dress in expectancy, yeah. if you like, yeah. uh, from yeah. how people would expect them to dress when on duty, for want of a better phrase, yeah. and how they would dress um, for their own pleasure uh, yeah. to, to, to go and do what they would want to do. Yeah. Um, there's some striking images, and striking itself doesn't do it justice, um, of, of David, as he was known to the family, um, Edward, the Prince of Wales, um, yeah. the Duke of Windsor, which, yeah. as, you, as we both know, is a title that was completely unique to him and, and died with him. Um, but those, those parallels in, in terms of their, their, their dress, let's say, on parade and off it, uh, are, are there for everybody to see. And striking images of um, his forefathers, if you like. Yeah. I, think, I, think, I think a key, a, a key one for me, if you if move along with the Prince of Wales um, title, if you like, would be where that check came from, with with regards to uh, to the Duke of Windsor. Okay, the Prince of Wales check. The Prince of that... Wales check. Yeah, it's it's, mm. it's a Glen it's a Glen check um, originally. Mm. That's what yeah. it's orig- originally called, of course. Uh-huh. Um, right. And that dates back where they're looking to is the, is the 19th century, and it's it said it plainly it originates in Scotland, and it was initially called the Glen check and designed for the Scottish estate of of Seafield. Now, um, Edward VII, which is um, his grandfather, um, um, country sports, if you like, was his thing, or or, or certainly high up the list for for those off-duty pursuits. And it it said that he was up there and went to the estate and and saw all of the staff um, wearing that particular check and took, um, took... it was very fond of it, let's say. So took it over, made made a few changes to it in terms of how it was, just minimal changes, and it and, and it became um, his sort of signature, and therefore became known as the Prince of Wales Check. That's how it morphed from Glen Check. There's obviously others, other other titles that go in there that, that can be quite easily researched. So a lot a lot of people would have, would apportion have that to Edward VIII, but in actual fact, mm-hmm. it was his grandfather that really initiated that change and took it on. There's there's lovely images of him, um, his grandfather Edward VII, wearing the the, the full full uh, Glencheck Prince of Wales outfit, if you like, and it, it, just stunning, just absolutely stunning stuff. 
Um, Imaginary, because he. I mean, I mean, when I was at Union, when I used to look at his, um, when I used to do research and come across Edward, um, I used to think my dissertation was about um, men's suits, mm -hmm. and Edward was Edward played a massive part of it. Mm -hmm. But it's really sad because I couldn't find. I wish I'd actually known there was books written about the Maharajas that time as well, who wore suits as well. Yeah. In a sense, you know, they came across to England to get their suits made in, you know, Savile Row and all that stuff. And um, it's really weird because both kings met each other. Mm. You know, Edward met um, the Maharaja as well, uh, Maharaja Papinda Singh. Yeah. And it's really weird how they're both, there's a picture of both of them. Yes. Edward wearing his, um, his suit and the Maharaja's wearing the Punjabi suit. Yes. And it's, um, and when you look at them both and you just think, yeah, they. I mean, yeah, they. They're very stylish men, um, but at the same time, you know, when you look at pictures of the Maharaja in England, um, the Maharaja visiting, coming over to England, and wearing his suits, um, he was a, a great lover for cricket. Yeah. Right, and we're talking about this king who loved polo as well. Yes. And um, <laughs> I found out just recently, where was it? Where was it? That he had about. What was it? Um, yeah, 500. He kept 500 polo ponies in his backyard. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's some backyard. <laughs> so, um, and he also was an uh, Indian cricket team. So England between 1915 and 1937, he was, a, he was made a member of the prestigious Marlborough Cricket Club. Right, yeah. So, so he was in the country a lot of time, and he met Edward a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I think it, they were saying how he ordered a 1,400-piece silver gilet dinner service. Wow. Right? That was auctioned by the Christie's for 1.5 million. Right. So, so you just think, okay, so it was, it, it was like who's bigger than who kind of thing. You know, Absolutely. who's bigger than who. But both of these guys had this amazing style and flair for style. Yes. Immensely. Yes. And I, can I just say on that point about, about him becoming a member of the MCC? Yeah. Back in, back in those decades. Yeah. yeah uh, when you look back into the 1980s, and it, it is something that, that we, have, we have spoken about, yeah. uh, but I, I do find <laughs> it fascinating is when the Indian cricket team came over, they couldn't even get access to Lords, the cricket ground. I know, and, and that's in the 1980s. So the Im the impact of the Maharaja, you know, it, it was astounding, really, it, completely astounding. I mean, I was shocked to hear that, you know, because we was talking about this is going off a bit from the Kings and then sure. Kings of Storm. But I know um, I was telling Nigel how I saw this film called '83, which was about the Indian cricket team, which we are going to discuss in the next episode mm -hmm. about. Um, cricket, gear, uh, um, and tennis. But it was very fascinating to find out that how this Maharaja was, um, you know, he was made the member of the prestigious Marlborough Cricket Club. And uh, in India, he apparently, he made his, um, I've I read it somewhere where he's, he actually made sure that the, the back of his house, he turfed the grass for cricket right. <laughs> and for polo. So, you you know, you, you come across and you just think, 
this, this is a man of style and he's doing as much as he can to make it so prestigious. Um, even when he's wearing his garments or like the men's suits and there's a, there's a fantastic picture of him, um, you know, with his bowler hat on. Um, well, sorry, not him, this other Maharaja. Mm-hmm. From um, from India, who's actually got his, they've got their top hats, bowler hats, morning coat on. I mean, and it was taken in 1910. Yeah. So some of these kings who did come over from India, yeah, they were making all of their men's suits in Savile Row. But the fact yes. thing is, I can't find any reference of which tailor house made it, apart from where Maharaja Papinda Singh's. Um, suits was made um yeah. i know for a fact that edward liked bright colors i don't know if that's true well i heard about it and i read about it um did he or well yes i suppose i, I, I think i think that i think the key thing for me is 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 the history around the man too and i, I think it'd be remiss yeah. of us not to mention a, a wee bit about that yeah go for it um uh yeah it's born into quite a dynasty to say the to say the very least in 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 very in very difficult times for that particular family in terms of in terms of their heritage in terms Uh of their their name literally their name um where where it would ultimately be changed into the, the windsor windsor family or the windsor dynasty if you like um he was king for just 326 days Famously um, abdicated for love, it might be said, in in 1936, and and also you'd have to say I, I I do suppose just renowned indeed for his sense of style, yeah, and not his politics, you know, or, you know, not his politics or his, his his role as king or anything like that, but plainly not but renowned for his style and was very much a, a pioneer of his time. And I can't think of a better example, and I'm sure I'll get, uh, I'll get a few texts about this at some point. Is, is he a, of his own time? Is he something of the David Beckham of the day? Something, I don't some... know. Because it's so funny how you say that, because I would think, um, I don't know if he was, I, I think he was much, much higher. Yes. Because, much, much higher than that because yeah. – this is a man that I've I've seen pictures of, images of, and you know he was um, when I when I was doing my dissertation about it, he was set in trends basically, and he was quite he was quite adventurous in a sense, wearing what he wanted to wear. Yeah, and he kind of broke the mold a bit now and then, kind yeah. of thing. And he was a trendsetter, but in a way that all the Every, all of these guys, young guys, would wait and see what he would wear and they would go after and do the same. And so to me, I think, I mean, I don't know if David Beckham's wearing something that all of the guys are going, right, we're going to be following what David Beckham's wearing. I don't think that happens. No offence to David Beckham. I mean, no. he's a very stylish guy. <laughs> but, um, with Edward, I think that's what was happening. So he was set in a trend in menswear. Hugely, yes. I think. yes. I, 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 I think in terms of of, of that era, I, what he, well, what he did really was wear something else. Yeah. Back in the day, that was completely unthinkable. 
back in back in that time, completely unthinkable. Um, plainly, he was, uh, by all accounts, a, a small gentleman at five foot five, and yet, if you look at lots and lots of the images, um, yeah. if, if they are taken appropriately, you would never get get that impression. Despite quite a lot of the cloths that he would wear, some of the bold checks in particular, there's there's one yeah, that Im- immediately springs to mind, um, sort of a, a, a royal blue or perhaps yeah. a, a slightly darker yeah. Air Force blue with, with a with yeah. a light blue or white check, large wow. large graph check through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, striped shirts. Pattern shirts, striped ties, all of that sort of stuff, and then you break it down into a little bit more and look at look at some more detail. For me, uh, yeah. and I'm sorry to use the word detail again, but it seems to be drummed in to me from an early age. Um, just a very different approach in terms of soft tailoring. I think is what he yeah. was looking at. A modern approach to how we used to wear stuff. Uh, he's quoted as saying, "Dress soft." I think that 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 was that was that was a thing, and everything that he wore sort of belied the fact that he was, in terms of his height, uh, not the tallest of not the tallest of men. I think that's the thing. And wearing those bold prints, the detail which I went away from, I beg your pardon, with one small thing would be you know the small and the the high armholes, which I mean, if you sorry, now you go on, carry on. Yeah, small. Uh, high armholes, that sort of things. He he liked an, an elasticated waist. Oh, which, I didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't like braces or suspenders, depending oh, on where you yeah. are in the world listening to this. He liked an, an elasticated waist, uh, which is something that you can find advertised in the back of most newspapers of a weekend at the moment. Comfort trousers, if you like. Um, he preferred zips instead of button flies, which was very much order of the day. Right. Um, okay. And, and and also, you know, wearing cuffs to his trousers, which, oh, wow. m- much to the chagrin of his uh, of his father, much to the chagrin, um, him and his father didn't get on very well at all. Suffice to say, uh, they didn't get on very well at all. So, you know, sartorial elegance and all that sort of stuff was was a huge part in that. There is a there's a, a well known story which I had forgotten, but uh, in in looking at these things recently, because that's what I like to do. Um, apparently went off to a race meet and arrived there not in correct attire in a light grey suit which which, again to the anger of his father uh, went off to his tailor's uh, Schult of Savile Row um, and they they put together exactly the right attire for him the next day and he arrived they stayed up all night put it together for him absolutely perfect arrived the next day everything was good in the world so again that, that attention to detail from somebody like him was was amazing i don't think he could match going back to one of your early questions the the, the list of things from the maharaja in terms of the inventory of his wardrobe if you like but it was said yeah. in perhaps 1960 it would have 15 evening suits um, over 50 lounge suits and over 100 pairs of shoes 100 pairs of shoes now i i have a thing about shoes if anybody knows anything <laughs> about me they'll they'll know that that's that was also something that was drummed into me at a very early age. But I think all of, all of those all of those things, if you can imagine, taking that wardrobe around the world, because he was going back to that point about David, David Beckham. Uh, I think it, it was a very different time then, but he was world renowned in terms of um, print media. So pictures of him with Wallace Simpson, etc., w- were very much sought after. 
Um, and uh, again, late in later times, I think it was 1998, certainly before the turn of the millennium, Keaton bought 11 pieces of his work or 11, 11, 11 suits, if you like, that were made from Schultz. Uh, and they're paid over, I think it was $100,000 for that. Um, and and Schultz, in terms of his legacy on yeah. the row, yeah. um, Per Anderson uh, trained and worked under, under Schultz. And, and obviously, you know, Anderson and Shepard go without any introduction here. Exactly. On, exactly. On, on, on the Savile, on, on Savile Row. So, yeah, Schultz, Schultz was very much known for you know what might be called the English drape or the London cut uh, and was massively against the large shoulder big shoulders uh, massively against tight waists um I, I think if you look at some of those images of uh, the Duke of Windsor um yeah. there's there's something of a mix there for me too because yeah the, the shoulders and certainly the the the, the 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 collars, if you like, are very much a style that's in evidence today. Yeah, yeah. very much so. And in, in in order for him to make the the, the best use of, of obviously world renowned tailors, there would be a slightly nipped nipped waist to give him that to give him that that sort of height. And the cut of the trouser too might be called an American cut. You know, a, a very much a full cut too. Yeah, which 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 allowed which allowed that image, if you like, of of somebody that's quite a, a, a sweeping silhouette, I suppose, one of a better phrase. I don't it's think really I, could, I could think of a better phrase right now, but if you like, a sweeping <laughs> silhouette. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I, I can talk about this for ages and ages and ages, but no, yeah. No, no, it's, it's so interesting because, you know, um, I mean, Edward was, he, he wasn't that tall at all, you know, compared to the Maharaja, who's about yeah. six feet tall, quite a big guy, you know. And when you look at both of them, their suits and all that stuff like the maharaja i mean when when i'm looking at his suits there i mean i mean the maharaja used was also in military as well you know and yeah. um you know he always used to make sure detail was like detail is like the thing for him you know and i was reading about it so detail was like um everything had to be correctly done you know um yeah. immaculately you know, nothing can be out of place or anything like that. Um, and when you look at his suits, you just think, I mean, there were wide um, lapels, yeah. quite wide lapels. Um, um, but then, you know, he was kind of a tall guy, so I suppose. But it was also fitted. So whenever you used to, I mean, whenever I see images of Maharaja um, in a suit, in those days... If you walk down the street, I would think he he was a king. Yes. You know what I mean? If Edward and him walked down the street and I didn't know um, about anything about um, Duke of Windsor or the Maharaja of Bhupinda Singh, if I didn't know who they were, if I saw them walking down, I would say they were the kings of some kind. Because yeah. the way they're both dressed, the style that they had, was when you look at the images it's something about the elegance of their style that makes it look yeah these guys are you know they are kings yeah i i i i'd like to marry into that where where what you just said to me quite very eloquently indeed is is what springs to my mind straight away is in terms of yeah how much of it, how much of it 
is about what these guys were wearing, but also how they wore them. Yeah. Yeah. With that style, you know, um, you know, with that presence, with that Mm. understated elegance, sometimes less than understated. If you look at some of the images of, of, uh, of Edward. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I love that image in a Fair Isle sweater. I love that image. That's one of my favourite images. Of yeah, with, with the tweed cap. Abs- yeah. Absolutely spot on. And, and, and again, you know, it's, it's, it's well reported in terms of right then and then when, when those images went out, certainly across Blighty, across the UK and further afield, where there's a massive run on Fair Isle sweaters and, 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 and Fair Isle cardigans, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's what I mean in terms of um, him being the forerunner of the, of, of the day. And I think you're quite right in actually on reflection, you know, how many other people since then have perhaps had that impact? I'm not, I'm not quite sure that there's too many. There, there will be, of course, um, quite a lot of champions or people will champion quite a lot of people out there uh, to put into that same category. But in terms of the impact that he had, it's, it's reflected in, in quite a lot of the lookbooks that we're seeing today. And we saw last year and the year before in terms of uh, boat deck shoes, um, you know, linen, linen suits, double-breasted suits, uh, white, white suits, of course, uh, cricket jumpers under jackets, um, the blazer, uh, the blazer with an ascot, um, you know, neck scarves that I, I, I'm prone to wearing an awful lot, cravats under polo shirts, um, once again, you know, just pushing those boundaries of the day and completely befitting every setting that you'd find him in. It's it's reported once again and, uh, that he was the originator of the, the the backless waistcoat for for the DJ rigs, particularly in, in warmer climes when he was sent when he was sent over to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, some would say he was banished to the Bahamas, of course, because um, when he had abdicated. Again, without touching, I've been too political, if you like, but when he abdicated, he was a huge threat to the security. uh, He was perceived to be a huge threat to the security of of Britain at at the time, particularly when his brother Bertie went went into the, became king, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that's when his connections with with Germany, et cetera, were put very much under the spotlight. Funny you say that because um, this king Maharaja also had connection with um, Germany as well. Yeah. So it's um, it's really weird. It's not weird, but it's 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 quite interesting how both of these kings had um, in, in interest with Germany um, with Adolf Hitler, and um, on I mean to 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 me um, when I see images of Maharaja of Singh wearing tailored garments. It's toned down. Yeah. It's very toned down. So it's very, it, well, there are suits that he wears that are quite, uh, which are linen cut, um, linen fabrics. Uh, but overall, it's always like, it's not what I would expect. Um, I don't know, it, that's wrong to say, but I think um, him wearing the suits in the dark colors, pinstripes, um, I think he wore linen suits, um, which he made, which was taken into India, and he, he used to wear all this. But at the same time, I would expect I was expecting him to wear, I don't know, bright shirts or something like that. But no, none of these images have any of that. It's always a white shirt, always right. a white shirt, um, three-piece suits. 
Um, there's a picture of him coming out of his own plane. He had his own plane, um, of course. Um, but he was dressed um, a wool coat. Um, you know, it's like a morning coat. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, when you look at him, you just think, yeah, I mean, the man knew, the man had style. Yeah. Um, he had money, but he had money. Overall, the both men had style. Yeah. But Edward's style was quite different from um, Maharaja Papinda Singh. Yeah. Um, I think Edward was louder. Uh, Maharaja Papinda Singh's suits were toned down. Yeah. Would you agree I, with that? Or? I, I, I would. I would certainly. And I, I think at one point again, you've you've brought it out of the the back of my memory, if you like. My memory vaults would be the the way that um, Edward wore uh, on occasion. A, a grey shirt, but that colour of grey was closer mm-hmm. to white than it would be a darker grey. So, so it's just that it's attention to detail, just something that would give that impression, which was, you know, is an interesting idea for me. And I, I, I would wholeheartedly recommend if somebody's at a loose end for thirty minutes, an hour, something like that, to actually have a look at, at both of these gentlemen. Side yeah. by side, if they can, and, and just and just take some key points from them because there's an awful lot to be learned in terms of what's happening today, what what looks um, completely comfortable, completely at ease, uh, understated elegance on some days, right in your face on other days, but completely in keeping with where that where they are at any one given time, whether that's with your guy. Um, you know, arriving to play in in the polo season, to play cricket, to attend uh, Ascot at the races, because th- they were all at that very very yeah, high yeah. level, uh, yeah. and, and, and able and able and very able uh, to to walk into anywhere with complete presence. And, and and again, that that brings it back to me about about not necessarily the clothes, but yes, the clothes in terms of of how they look and how they're cut and how, how how they're worn, but it's who wears them to and having that innate style within you to actually be able to, to, to carry that through because that's who you are. And I think that's, that's, that's a key thing for me personally is about being who you are, not what a lot of people would like you to be in terms of how you dress and how you present yourself. hundred percent. I think um, both of them had this most, amazing style even till today i think we still go back and look at what edward what, what edward wore but one thing that i've realized is just recently um one of the the um the jewelry house that made maharaja papinda singh's um necklace um i think last year in vogue they actually said they went back, the designer who's there at the moment, she went back and she actually looked at all the jewels and the necklaces that was made for the Maharaja Papinda Singh. Mm -hmm. And she was fascinated. She was just so fascinated by the jewels. Um, Because men are asking, they want to wear certain jewels now. They want to wear certain things. Um, And what they're doing is the actual... um, it's not Cartier. It's I think it's Boucheron who are. I'm, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, and everybody knows I'm dyslexic, so my pronunciation <laughs> is really bad. So apologies. No, I'm not going to apologize, but I, you no. know. No, don't apologize. 
you know, it, it just happens. But what what they're saying is they've actually go they've gone back and they've actually looking back at all these um, designs that they did for him, and um, you know when they did all these designs for him, we're talking about 1928 <laughs> was when the designs happened, and they're looking back on these designs and they've realised that they are going to come up with all these designs similar to these kind of designs, and they're going to be presenting them now to men and women. And suddenly there's a massive demand for them because men want to wear them and women want to wear them. So this is a Maharaja who's been wearing all of these jewels. I mean, the necklace, that he, if, if anybody sees a picture of Maharaja Papinda Singh, they will see a, a massive necklace that he wears. Even till today, that necklace has gone missing. So there's part of it somewhere they still haven't got a part of it. And when it went missing, I think they tried to remake it again, but they couldn't. It, it just couldn't happen. It just didn't happen. So um, it didn't look the same, basically. That's what they were saying. But the interesting part is, you know, how this Maharaja was wearing both kind of culture. And that's what was so important to me in a sense where he was wearing the Western tailoring clothes and he still had the elegance and style. But when he went to India, he was wearing this, the Maharaja style, which was the elegance of, you know, the rich flamboyant of, um, you know, your jewels, your, uh, you know, the, the Indian suits, uh, all of that. So, Nigel, both guys were very stylish, right? We, we agree with that. And no they doubt. Had, right? And um, the other thing that I want to talk about is, with you very quickly, is um, about um, the Queen's... Um, the Maharani Guy to Devi from Jaipur yeah. and Queen, Queen Elizabeth. Now, just recently on my story, I was showing images of uh, Maharani Guy to Devi. And I, I sent some images to yourself. And also I spoke to Banshee of Savile Row and I was showing it to them as well. Wow. And there was a lot of people actually replying back to um, asking me questions on the, um, on the story, when, in, on, on my Instagram story. They were DM me and saying, who is this person? Who is this person? So Guy to Devi, right? One of the, she, she's like, um, she's the queen of Jaipur. She, used, she was. Yeah. And she was wearing men's suits. And this is right during the British Raj time in India. Yeah. And what fascinated me was that here's, you know, her, here's this woman in India who's the Maharani wearing men's suits, wearing men's trousers and shirts. She used to go um, riding in tailored, fitted, tailored jackets, right? Yeah. Checks, jodhpurs, riding boots. Um, there's a picture of her with a tie and shirt on with this beautiful tailored jacket that I've just described and yeah. job and riding boot. And you could tell that, you know, it's like, it's like the style, um, like Queen Elizabeth would have done the same as well. She would be wearing the same kind of thing. Yeah. And I find it fascinating that how these two women, and they did meet actually, they did meet when Queen Elizabeth went to, um, India. Yeah. Um, and there's a picture of both of them wearing safari jackets. There is, yeah. Uh, I, I think um, what's really compelling for me is is the way that the the Maharani Gautadevi did wear those those that cut. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a pic, favorite picture of mine, um, 
where I'm going to guess she's probably in her late teens, early 20s, something like that. Yeah. Um, leaning up against, let's say, some railings. They might be yes, sea behind. And the and cigarette in her mouth. <laughs> and she's got a cigarette in her mouth. You've got to love that. you go love that because that You've is one of that. One of those, that's the image that I've just, like, when I first saw that image, and I'm thinking, and I actually showed it to Banshee of Savile Row. And whenever you look at Banshee, um, their garments, and I said to them, have you seen this? And they've never seen this. And they're thinking, oh, my God, who is she? Yeah, <laughs> well, she's she the Maharani of um, Jaipur. Her name was Maharani of Gaiti Devi. Yeah. Now, she was a fashion statement in India those times. Yeah. And um, there's a, I mean, you know, she used to love driving their Bentley and a E-type Jag. So. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I think, I, I think if, if people can, because um, you, I, I, again, openly admit, um, you, you opened up a whole new, not just a door, just a whole world to me in, in, in terms of, of looking at, at the style of, of a continent. Yeah, I mean that, that, that that's as that's as big as it is, and some some of the some of the the influences that are there are very plain to see. That picture in in, in particular, um, I'm just going to get it to the front of my screen to take another closer look now. Just uh, once again, really full cut trousers, um, a fantastic silhouette, three buttons, middle one done, yeah. White shirt behind, uh, double button holes, very full lapels, um, slightly slanted pockets, just slightly yeah. slanted pockets, and just oozing, oozing class. And and of course, as as the Maharani herself, the Queen herself, yeah, Gayatri Devi, just was fated for the rest of her life, wasn't she? You know, around the world, um, you know, seen with all sorts of dignitaries. All sorts of dignitaries, and it, I, I think once again, uh, you, you can you can look at people and just see how how, how they carry themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it it is about their their individual presence. It's it's about their individual style. There's there's so many so many people of the past and so many people today that that that, that carry that as well. But that cut and that look and. Yep. And you look at, and I did some further research. She certainly favoured that, that very full and, and, and flowing sort of silhouette, you know, below yeah. the waist with the, with the yeah. with the trousers that she used to wear too, which were fantastic. Yeah. Then you look at, at, at Queen Elizabeth and Princess Anne because there's that picture of Princess Anne too that would obviously followed in her mother's footsteps in terms of wearing the, you know, the the, the same sort of cut and the same sort of look. Yeah, just. Just stunning, really. Um, just a, a, a stunning set of pictures that you know you just recommend anybody to take a look at. Absolutely, and one of my favourite pictures of hers was right is the um, when I came across the um, the riding um, jodhpurs and the riding boots and yeah. her wearing a tie, yeah, with the white shirt and the tailored fitted tailored um, um, check. Um, I think it was a check. Or, um, jacket that was like and that was during the British Raj time that was something that I was like fascinated by and I'm thinking wow I mean to me that was like opening up another totally different scene kind of thing um, and the second image would be 
I mean, she always used to wear French chiffon saris, right? Yeah. So her in a um, French chiffon sari, she's got a chiffon sari in, and she's driving her E-type drag. <laughs> yeah. You can't get any more star than that. Um, no. You know, um, both of these women had amazing style, but, you know, the Maharani guy to Devi, Maharaja Bupinder uh, Singh, Duke of Windsor, Edward, even Queen Elizabeth. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you look back, I mean, as a, as a menswear designer, I always look back onto style. And to me, I mean, they were kings of kings of style. But these women who are dressing men's, in, in men's clothing, so you've got to give it to them because those times, it was difficult, you know. It must have been difficult for them. Uh, Interminably difficult. Absolutely, you know. If you if you look at if you look at Edward, the Duke of Windsor, pushing those boundaries. Yeah, can you imagine what know, these people are doing? <laughs> then what these ladies are doing is something completely different and way way above that scale. Exactly, and when I mean we're talking about Maharaj Maharani Guy to Devi in India, actually pushing the whole essence of getting Western, you know, women wearing Western clothing, like you know, men's suits and all that stuff. So she was on a different level. She was way ahead of her time, way ahead of her time, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by all of this. Um, yeah. Me I suppose too. we have to say kings of kings of style is like something that I think it's fascinating about Edward and the Maharaja, but both of these guys, I suppose, had same kind of um, – Details in their style, yeah, because they were very adamant in in their details. But they both weren't really bothered about what people were saying. They just carried it off really, really well. Exactly that. I, th- I think that's a, that's a, that's a very good point in in terms of. I think it's ultimately about being true to self. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, as as a youngster personally, I wouldn't wear colour. Um, some would say I don't wear colour now, but that's another thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think what you what you learn to do is is just really grasp what you want and yeah. how how you want to be. And then the, there comes a time when you realise that, and it's not about what other people think; it's about how you are, how comfortable you are in your own self. And and far be it from me to put me anywhere near, near these people, but I see that in these people. Yeah. I, I see that in terms of their drive, in terms of their standards, their attention to detail, how they want to be, which is themselves. And I, I, that's just, that's all for me. I mean, to me, it's like having, to, you know, as I said, having two cultures, one's British, one Indian culture, being British Indian. And I just find it fascinating with how, you know, learning so much with both of the cultures yes. and, and seeing both of the cultures like Maharaja Prapinda Singh, Maharani Gaiti Devi, Edward, um, Elizabeth, you know, it's fascinating in a sense. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, I hope I have opened the doors to say to the others, look, have a look, because look what we are missing, you know. I mean, um, look about what, how she used to dress. And I'm yeah. quite, I'm fascinating how people have actually contacted me about Maharani Gaiti Devi Singh and saying, who is she? Yeah, you know, wow, she wore these kind of clothes those times, and it's like, yeah, I mean, 
to me, it's fascinating as well because I, I, I've come across this first time ever as well. Yeah. So it's 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 amazing. Um, yeah. I just want to like to say um, thank you, Nigel, for coming on board and talking about these uh, about Edward and you know me talking about Maharaja. It's been an absolute amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing episode. I, I just want to carry on, but I know we can't. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think we will carry on because this whole season's going to be about style. It's going to be about, you know, history of menswear. And the next episode, should we say, well, should we tell everyone what the next episode is going to be about? What? <laughs> It's going to be about cricket, isn't it? Cricket and cricket gear and how cricket style and tennis style, sports yeah. style. Yeah. I, I, once again, I think that's fascinating. If, if, if you'll indulge me for just a second, I, I think for, um, for the Maharani, uh, the Maharajas that, that came over to, to Great Britain and their legacy in terms of the clothes that they wear, their sartorial elegance, and those that actually work with them should be looking at themselves in terms of, you know, we took we took part in this, and this should be part of their history too. So, yeah, <laughs> makers on the road, um, makers of shoes, because these guys, they, they, they wore proper shoes too. They wore proper clothes. They went to the right people and got the right things done. So this is a huge legacy for for you know the, the business in the UK to look at and and take a part and take a part of in terms of that history i'm uh, really really grateful for the opportunity to speak to you samilla and really looking forward to you know where we go with this next and and looking at the the sporting angle of all this too because that's just fascinating well um cricket i, I mean uh, i might as well say i'm not a big fan of cricket <laughs> despite your heritage Despite my heritage, <laughs> I, I think I remember the World Cup was happening in India, and I was in India that time. I think I was the only one with my headphones on listening to music, <laughs> and everyone was shouting and screaming, and it was just hilarious. And I was just on uh, upstairs on the roof <laughs> listening to music, and all you could hear was my cousins cussing me down and saying, "What is wrong with her? <laughs> She's watching cricket." Even when we went to the airport, this everyone was just watching cricket. So, yeah, exactly. It's a big thing out there. But I do love the cricket jumpers. Um, I think the cricket jumpers are my favourite, one of my favourite piece of products. I think so, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I think a cricket jumper is always going to be in in menswear, no matter what anybody says. Yeah. But on that note, I want to thank you, Nigel, for coming on board. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I can't wait to do the other episodes with you. So, so there's another three more episodes for this season. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Lovely. So, Miller, I can assure you the pleasure is all mine. Looking forward to it too. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>